What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, Cam? Oh, you know, just another week getting excited for Super Wild Card Weekend. It's probably my favorite weekend of the year to watch football. It's just super exciting. There's always a ton of thrillers. There's actually less blowouts on Wild Card Weekend than there is in the division round, so. Just looking forward to that. Black Monday came and went in the NFL. Some shocking news all over the place, but uh, boy, did it! I'm excited for more football. How are you, Burke? Uh yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, like it's been uh, it's been a pretty crazy work week. So apologize to everybody for getting this one out late, but um, yeah, I mean, when the whole when, you know when the whole real estate team gets COVID except for me, and I'm the only one working, it's uh, yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. So I was spared, spared, thankfully. Avoided Filters everybody. don't work that hard anyways. Don't lie. Hey, hey. When you have to do four people's work, that's when you have to work hard. Come on. We so all know four that. people's work might add up to one real person's work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Anyway, um, yeah, so I didn't get to, you know, so I didn't get to, you know, get up to much else this week. But, um, yeah, I mean, football on the weekend was pretty wild. And uh, especially the Sunday night game, man. What a game. Game of the year, possibly. Um, and, and we're going to get to that kind of in our recap here. Did you want to start, did you want to start it off with dolphins talk? I'm sure you've got a rant. I've got a little bit of a rant. Um, yeah, I mean, we got to get to the elephant in the room and it's the Brian Flores fire. Yeah. A hundred percent. If you got a rant, let's hear it, Burke. You can go first. Well, okay. I'll, I'll try to keep this to like two minutes, two, three minutes. So the, the thing that earlier in the season, you asked me, you know, how do I feel about the Miami Dolphins? And this is before we went and we won seven games in a row. Okay. So you asked me, you know, and I, and I was really not sure. I wasn't really sure of our direction. I was like, I really thought we'd be better this year. We've added pieces. You know, we've done all this stuff and we were really flat. And part of that is just two was out of the time. And like, there was some other stuff about it, but it just, it just felt like after all the hype on the draft, after all this stuff, it just, it just didn't come together. And then we turn on this seven game win streak and you started to see our first round pick starting to play extremely well. Uh, two was, you know, leading the league in completion percentage, uh, starting to look a lot more comfortable coming back off of injury. Um, and we ended up missing, you know, we, we blew it against the Titans and, you know, beat the Patriots in week 18 and, and, you know, finished the season on a strong note. And then, you know, so you finish above 500. Great. Not exactly where you wanted to be. You missed the playoffs by a game and those earlier games come back to haunt you, but you know, it, it's, it was definitely a positive way to end the year. So I was feeling a lot better at the end of the year. Then they fired Brian Flores. And I had this conversation with a guy about, you know, I said that I, and this is probably week 15 when they're on their run, but I said, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I was kind of wondering, well, what, what, where is Brian Flores in terms of firing? And he's like, well, how can you not support him? Like, and I'm like, well, I have both. I feel both. I feel like I do support him. I, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that you'd run through the, through a wall for. And he's fired up this team. I always had the opinion as you know, that if he's a player's coach, now things have come out. We'll talk about that a little bit, but think, you know, as a player's coach, quote unquote, um, sometimes young teams need that, especially when they're coming to the league, you need somebody to make you feel comfortable. And I just felt maybe that's what they didn't need. If they kept them, uh, I would totally, I'd support it. If they didn't, I'd support it. And then more info came out. And the more that I know, uh, now, um, I kind of support it more, I suppose. 
yeah, I mean, everything that I've heard come out, there's no way that he can be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins going forward. Do I think Brian Flores could be a decent head coach? Maybe, but again, the more that comes out, I think he's just going to be a really good coordinator. It sounds like he has an issue with building relationships, and he has an issue bringing in people who are important. Those are two major things in being a head coach. You can be a phenomenal play caller, a phenomenal coordinator, without needing those things the same way. But when you're a head coach and you've had, what, five different O-line coaches because one got fired three days in, four since then in three years, you've had four OCs, you've had OCs quit, you've had now issues with Chris Greer, who's the GM. We can get there. Chris Greer, in my opinion, should probably be losing his job as well. That won't happen. Uh, But there's definitely way too many issues here with Flores. And when you're hearing that he had the room divided, you're seeing on Twitter a lot of the defensive players are quite upset that he's got fired. But you're not hearing anything from the offensive players. It sounds like there was quite a divide in the room with Brian Flores. And you can't have that if you're the head coach of an NFL team. Since Thanksgiving, he did not give daily briefings to any of his assistant coaches. He just gave up communicating with them. That was during the win streak, so the team did quite well. But basically, he just took over and stopped communicating, telling them what his thoughts were. He just basically took over. So there's just way too many things here that he can't be the coach of the Miami Dolphins going forward. He's not the right guy for the thing. The fact is, is he wasn't putting Tua in a spot to succeed. Again, I'm still back and forth on whether Tua can succeed, but between this offensive line and a coach who didn't believe in him or want to believe in him at all, it's not even like he didn't believe in him. He didn't want to either. Like he wanted to watch Tua fail from the sounds of it, mainly to get Watson, but he was almost setting him up to fail. I mean, you put Jesse Davis out there for 16 games. You put in a rookie who's not really played tackle, who has a better grade than him against the Patriots. I mean, there's a lot of issues there. So at the end of the day, I hope Brian Flores figures it out. And I think he could be a really good coordinator somewhere else. But there's zero way that he could be this coach of the Miami Dolphins going forward. I think they're going to find a coach who's going to put two in a better spot to succeed. We're going to learn a lot about this team next year. They might not be very good. It wouldn't be out of the question next year for them to not be really good but I think they're going to find a position to make this offense put in a position to succeed give Tua a chance to see what he really is and give him all the chance like give him a true chance to actually succeed instead of setting him up for failure and I think long term this is a really good move for the organization I think this is Chris Greer's last leg now going into this year if things don't work out well this year he's gone as well but this is a massive year. You have like $80 million in cap space. You still have a first-round pick. It's a little later than you'd like. Not 100% sure where it is yet. But you have some of the best young players in the sport right now at multiple positions. Like you have two guys named to PFF's all-rookie team and Jalen Waddle and Javon Holland. Like you have a lot of young teams. So in three years, this organization has gone from one of the oldest teams who you weren't really sure about their future to one of the youngest teams with a lot of studs, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and a top 10 arguably receiver in the next couple of years in Jalen Waddle, things can look up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, end of the day, Flores couldn't be the head coach anymore. Well, and you had to make some transition. And, and I get, like, some of the stats that came out, you know, people are comparing, you know, Adam Gase. What was Adam Gase's numbers? What was uh, Brian Flores's numbers? And the vibe seemed better. I mean, Gase was definitely, like, from the numbers that have come out, just in terms of win percentage and whatnot, um, Gase seemed like a real scapegoat. I didn't like Adam Gase as the coach of Miami Dolphins. I mean, we also had Jay Cutler as our quarterback when he was playing. So, like, let's just take this with a grain of salt here. But, I mean, we've said the last couple of years, like last year, the play calling did not fit to his game style. 
It just didn't. And this year, I'm not as convinced. Like, people are like, there's been rumors going around. They said, oh, well, Brian Flores is instructing them to throw plays that, you know, Tui can't stretch the field, so he looks like shit. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I buy that because we had the worst O line of the whole NFL by like a mile. So like, it wasn't even close. You sent me a stat earlier about our O line, but I forget what it was. I don't, do you remember? Yeah, there was more than. So Miami, 32nd in the league in QB pressures. They were at, I think, 238. The team who was at 31 was like 190. So they had 40 more pressures than the 31st ranked team. Between 31 and 18, there was less of a difference than there was between 31 and 32. Miami's offensive line was historically bad. They ranked as the worst PFF grade ever from an offensive line. They had the worst two tackles in the NFL rated by PFF. Like, it was absolutely horrible. Their play calling at times did set up really well for Tua. It was getting it out quick, using his strengths to get it done, doing a lot of that. But they had a lot of issues with the multi-OC, and you could tell at times that the game plan just completely washed. Like, at times it was almost like first half. Uh, One of them got the play calling, the second half the other one. And to me, that's just not a formula for success. But Brian Flores couldn't find OCs, and he couldn't find O-line coaches. So those are two major flaws in what he's done. Sure, Chris Greer deserves some of the blame. They've wasted eight, eight uh, top th- or first three round picks in the last three years on O line. Only one of those players is good or above average according to PFF. So a lot of that is on Chris Greer. Brian Flores was a part of the drafting, but then another one is just bringing in the right people to help coach these guys. He's had four O line coaches in three years. How are you supposed to develop offensive linemen? If they're getting four coaches in three years and you can't bring in anybody to help them. So it's impossible to establish relationships versus. Yeah, no, it's impossible to, it's impossible to get the same message across to these guys. Like what are they going into the off season working on? If it's a different person, every off season, they're a little confused. And at the end of the day, we can talk about Adam Gay's stats. We can talk about the different coaches around the league. Oh, he compares to this. He compares to that. The end of the day, it has nothing to do with his on-field performance. It has to do with building relationships, being a guy who the team trusts 100%, and just all of that. It's everything off-field that is the reason Brian Flores is gone. Everything off the field, he can't be the coach of the Miami Dolphins going forward. And again, I think on the field, he's a great coordinator. He's a great guy on the field. You saw him getting there, being there for the team on the field when there was late hits and stuff. He can be great on that, but... The off the field, the behind the doors, like none of the Dolphins media respects him. It doesn't sound like they don't, he doesn't respect them. There's lots of issues there. And at the end of the day, he just can't be the coach. And the more we learn, the more it made sense. And uh, I'm just hopeful they can bring in the right person to get this back on track. Not Bill O'Brien or uh, Dan Quinn. If it's either of those guys, I'm going to flip. Um, but I, I think the other thing, Cam, like, I just want to go back to two things that you said. The first comment that I'll make, you said something, you said, uh, it seemed like one OC was coaching one half and one OC was coaching the second half. The game that stands out for me in this season was the Jags game where we were unreal in the first half on offense and the second half, we got nothing done. And it just, that to me stands out like that to me. I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Second thing. Um, I actually, I actually think Miami should not be bad next year. I think they should take a step next year. It's going to rely on Tua. When you have $80 million of cap space, you can buy, you can buy the great wall of China and put it on the old line. And the, and you don't have any excuses now. Like you still have decent amount of draft capital this year. You have decent draft capital next year. There's no reason why you can't spend some money this year. And it doesn't have to be like 
two, three, four-year deals for these guys either. Like, No, my hot take right now is Teron Armstead will be the left tackle for the Miami Dolphins next year. He's going to be the most sought-after free agent, maybe. I mean, we'll have Devontae Adams and somebody else, but Teron Armstead is a top tackle in the NFL. He's going to be a free agent. New Orleans can't sign him. He will be a Miami Dolphin. Probably a three-year deal where they're going to be paying him more than he's probably worth, but he will be the left tackle for the Miami Dolphins. They're going to pay him whatever he wants, basically. And then we'll see what they do else there. But, uh, yeah, a guy like that, they're bringing in. And, again, I just I think there could be a transition year more than a lot of Miami Dolphins fans will want. I'm still positive. I think the ceiling's really high still, and they could compete for the division. But it wouldn't shock me if they end up 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine again. I'd be okay with that. Like, as long as you're, the thing is, is like, as long as you're making steps to move forward, I don't want to talk about Miami forever. I know a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily Miami fans, but this is our bias. So we got to do it. Um, I, I don't, I'm mediocrity is a problem to me, mediocrity and sideways movement. I absolutely hate, right? Like teams, like, and this is what Miami did for years and years and years is we weren't the worst, but we weren't the best by any means. We were just that middle team who you could plug in for seven wins a year, seven, eight wins a year, would miss the playoffs. You know, they'd have some moments and then you'd move on to next year and say, maybe we'll get better. I hate that. It's, it's so annoying. Like it just, it, it's, it's infuriating as a fan to move sideways like that. As long as you're making progressive steps. So you fire head coach, you bring in somebody else. If next year is a transitory year, because you have a new old line, a new OC, a new head coach, whatever you need, that's fine. But you can't do it the next year. Right. Like you can't keep having these transition years over and over and over again. So if it is going to be a transition year and or a similar year to this year, like having having the your destiny in your hands two years in a row and losing is is this is what and I've talked to you. This is what being a Leafs fan is. This is exactly what you you have this game seven game. You know, they have this chance to get in and you fucking blow it every single year. I mean, the only thing is with Miami is this wasn't their timetable. They overperformed last year off base where they were because of if you look at the money, you look at the contracts that expired, you looked at the young guys brought in. This year, they kind of, if it wasn't for last year, I'd say they probably did about what they should. But as you're saying, like, there's just been too much turnover to move forward, and that's going to keep you in mediocrity, as you've said. And neutral. The next thing is, is like these next two years could be very similar, but for a long reason. This year, you're committing to Tua. And it sounds like if we bring in Brian Dable, who is his OC at Alabama, you're finding a coach who is going to be here for Tua and give him the best chance to succeed this year. If he can't succeed this year, you have two first-round picks going into a stacked QB class. So, again, it's going to suck and it's going to be kind of mediocrity, but you're going to take another shot at a franchise QB if Tua is not the guy. If Tua is the guy, you have two first-round picks and you're looking amazing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Come next year. But there is a chance being – like, you just have to be a realist here. There is a chance that Miami's looking at drafting a franchise QB next year. Again, this doesn't change this year. This year, you give two of the reins. You see what he can do. There's not a whole lot better option out there. And if this is it or not, next year, again, you might be back a little more mediocrity than you want to be. But, I mean, at least they're setting it up and have a plan now, I think. where That's the difference. Going into this year, I wasn't sure there was a true plan. Well, that, that, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm fine with step back. As, and that's, that's all I want. Just give me a plan and say, hey, like if you tell me this year, okay, we're going to give two an O-line, a really good O-line. Where he's going to have all of his wide receiver weapons, and our defense is pretty much going to be the same. Which, by the way, I know a defensive player is freaking out about Brian Flores getting fired, but, I mean, 
there's no reason you can't run that same defense. There's no reason. Like, you should run that same defense. It was unreal the second half of the year. Um, but Your DC's not going anywhere. Yeah, you're fine. Like, there's no – this is not a problem. If, I, if I'm an offensive-minded head coach, the only difference here is going to be how often are we going forward on fourth down? When are we punting? Like, what's our game plan? Like, you know, like making those kind of decisions defensively? Nah, man, you got to play that same defense. You're fine. Um, but, yeah, if you have a plan, that to me is not getting stuck in neutral. Having Jay Cutler fill in while you have no prospects and old that is that is that is neutral. That is not anywhere you want to be, and you have a chance to compete for this division. I know a lot of Bills fans don't believe it, but I'm telling you. Also, since when did Miami become like one of the most hated fucking franchises in the NFL? Like or like the one that the media like to shit on the most. I actually have no idea. What did we ever do to anybody? Is it like not, is it is it the undefeated season? Is that why there's so much hate? Like why? What did we ever do? I know we're in the spotlight because we're in the AFC East and it's, you know, the Bills are prolific and so are the Pats and all that. Kind of, like, how has nobody talked about that we went 2-0 and versus the Pats this year? And we beat them last year. One, We were 1-1 one one last year. Like, how, how? How are we not talking about this? Like, the Pats and, and, and Mac Jones get their dicks sucked. Left, right, and center by the media. Mac Jones is like this unbelievable quarterback and got dusted by Miami twice. Now, game one, okay, they fumbled and it, and it didn't go their way. They could have they won that game. This last game wasn't close. It wasn't. They, I had no doubt that Miami was winning that game. And the Pats are in the – this is what burns me. The Pats are in the playoffs right now, and we're not. And I, th- I feel like that's wrong. That I, That's what burns me the most issue. I do not think that they're a better team than us, and I, I don't know. Obviously, they, they were – you know, won games they needed to win, um, but I just they were, yeah, they were a better structured team. There's yeah, they were structured better. The only thing, like, I just wanted to quickly touch on this. I know we can talk about it maybe a little more in the game. <laughs> I've watched Mac Jones four games fully now, both games against Miami, the Indy game, the Buffalo game. Whether or not two is good, you cannot tell me Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I have not seen anything more from Mac Jones than I've seen from Tua. No, I haven't either. And and again, now let's like I will I will say this is that this is his first year. He's a rookie quarterback. Is it possible that there's more in the tank? Absolutely, because I have if we give two of that benefit, we have to give Mac Jones that benefit. But the amount that two was shit on first year and this year is not even close to Mac Jones. Everybody was literally bending the knee to Mac Jones, and it's like, guy, he's just not good. Like he's not that good. Mac Jones gets praised for making the smart read and checking down all the time where Tua gets thrown under the bus for it, saying he can't throw it far. And he's just, yeah, that, short all the that time. 11 yard touchdown it's, stat. Like I, I, that the bothered exact me. Same play. No, it doesn't. They have one of the highest percentage of scoring in the red zone, Miami. So what does it matter if he doesn't throw it more than 11 yards? Who like, cares? No. He can't throw it 50 yards. Like he can complete 50 yards down the field, but he can't because he has 1.2 seconds. Unless Waddle can get 50 yards down the field in 1.2 seconds, it ain't happening. Like no. let's let's Mac be realistic here. The, and Mac Jones has the third ranked O line. Oh my gosh! Like I watching that game on the weekend. Like every time they like every every time uh, Mac snapped the ball, it was like he had 10 seconds in the pocket, and I was like, is this what an O line is like? It's so beautiful. If Tua had that amount of time, actually, that's the thing, too. You know, Tua doesn't get to use his legs. Why? Because he can't. <laughs> like, he did a couple times in that game, but he, he can't. He just, there's no more for him to go because it's like, uh, you know, you snap the ball, one second, take a look, and all of a sudden there's pressure, you're getting sacked. Like, it's, and he didn't get sacked that much, but I don't know, man. Anyway, we got to move on because 
you and I could talk about Miami Dolphins for 40 minutes and people probably won't love it, but we're excited for next year. I, you know, this year was, as I said, just to sum it up, this year was, uh, I think disappointing for me. I I'm disappointed. Um, I'm not as disappointed as last year, uh, because last year was the last game you win, you're in. And uh, this time it was week 17. So the, the disappointment got done with earlier. There's definitely some positives. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I can't believe how fast the NFL season goes by. Um, and I can't wait for, for uh, September, 2022. Yeah. Well, I think we can get into last week's picks. I think we do the same thing as last week where we're just ripping through some of these games. Some of these games were irrelevant. So hold on. I'm before ready we to do just... that. Before we do Uh-oh. that. No, 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 no. We got a couple more headline stuff. How can we skip talking about our boy, Novak Djokovic? Djokovic. This guy is in some deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I don't even know what to touch on this. It sounds like he's breaking laws to enter multiple countries. There's way more going on here. So until more comes out, I don't want to speculate too much. But that's what we do. We speculate. Man, just. You choose not to get vaccinated, which is don't your break choice. The law. Yeah, you have the right, but you're missing out on stuff. That's again, I'm just repeating myself from last week. But like, this has just become too much. They but still it's become don't know big. If, they still don't know if he's playing in the draw. There's no way. Like, like I, there's still some confusion there. So this is just a whole mess. You know what? He shouldn't be playing, in my opinion. But I'm not the one who's going to decide at the end of the day. So, man, it's okay. Okay, I will. I will take a piece here. So. First thing is, it's your choice to get vaccinated and or not, as we have said before. The fact that you lie then to border security, that's a problem. Or whatever. Like, if you're misrepresenting on forums and stuff, like, that's like that's next level. Like, if you do that anywhere else, like, you're getting shit. Not even just about vax stuff. Like, if you, you know, come to Canada and don't report whatever, that like you're bringing stuff and they find out, then you get fined, you can get all this kind of crap, right? Like, it doesn't matter where you go. Like, you get nailed for, like, if you, if you came across... If you flew to Europe and you had whatever, some sort of meat in your bag and you undeclared it, yeah, you're getting in shit. And this guy, like, is circumventing rules and laws based on, you know, something that, oh, yeah, by the way, have you heard about this little thing called COVID-19? Might have heard about it the last two years. And that's what he's circumventing? Like, come on, man. You may not agree with it, but that doesn't mean that you just have the right because... And this is where, like... I understand the outrage, especially in Australia. I would be shocked if he plays. I really will because I think this is blown up way bigger than uh, like the only reason that he's still he's allowed in the country right now is because the judge said that his team didn't have enough time to fight for it. That's it. Not because he was right. Like he's saying, "Oh, like thanks, government, you you vic- you, you you vindicated me." It's like, well, no, no, no. They just didn't. You, you, they didn't have enough. They didn't give you enough time. Doesn't mean that you get to stay there. And well, the government and, was purposely trying to screw him by not letting him know until he landed in the country and not giving him enough time. So the judge is just saying, yeah, government, that wasn't fair for you to do. So, but that doesn't his, mean that yeah. he doesn't have that, that, that he's going to play. Like they, no. they could, they could absolutely any, like tomorrow they could say, okay, you have enough time now and boom, deported. Goodbye. And you, like for him, this is the crazy part that I don't understand. It's like, let's just say for the sake of argument, you have to miss it this year. I get that you're tied with Federer and you want the record, blah, blah, blah. I'm a Fed fan, so I'm not choked up about it. But why would you risk being barred from the country for X amount of years? Like, that just seems stupid to me. Yeah, from the sounds of it, he might not be allowed to compete for or not be allowed in Australia for three years if all this goes through and the government decides to push for that. Like Howard Stern saying that he should he should have to quit the tour. That's extreme. 
because if he doesn't break a law in another country, why should he be stripped of a tour card? That makes no sense. I, I, I don't, I completely disagree. Obviously Howard Stern, I tweeted this out. Um, Howard Stern's a Roger Federer fan. I get it. But I, overall, when, when you're that prolific and you have that much overall privilege, I, I just, and, I, and I'm not saying that as a woke person, I just, just in general, like when you, like, if you think that you can just do it because you're Novak Djokovic, you got another thing coming. You got to do it by the book, man. Cause you're making it so much worse that it needs to be. Um, anyway, so there's that. Um, what else happened? There's a lot of coaches that got fired, eh? We didn't even talk about the rest of the coaches that got fired. I mean, there was a lot that weren't shocked. I mean, the whole fact that Joe Judge took so long and it didn't look like he was getting fired <laughs> was a little ridiculous because Joe Judge is no good. I mean, any coach who's going to try and QB sneak on third and nine from your own like, oh, five you're done. line. Did you see what he ordered, by the way? It was like most people was like, there's a tweet. Nine, I was like nine pizzas to delivery and like five cases of beer to his house. I some like women, it. Some women get ice cream and wine after a breakup. <laughs> Joe Judge gets a ton of pizza and a ton of beer. I, I respect, respect it. it. Oh, like, 100%, yeah. 100%. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, what, what do you think that was like for him? Like for, for what did he get fired? Was it Wednesday? Was it yesterday? Yeah, I believe so. A, okay. So a Sunday to Wednesday. Like, what do you think he did for three days? Like, you think that he was like, oh, I'm not fired on Monday. I made it. I'm coming back. They said he was a part of team meetings every day. (laughs) Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, like. (laughs) That's the biggest fucking rug pull ever. Like, you're like, you you wake up after the game Sunday. You're like, I just ran a QB sneak on third and nine. I am done. I am walked out of this building after the game. And then Monday comes around. He's like, oh, boy. His phone's like like on vibrate because he knows it's coming doesn't come and he wakes up Tuesday morning. He's like, Oh man, I'm still around. And actually is it, I'm pretty sure that I saw a report out Monday that came out and said, um, uh, Gettleman gone, uh, Joe judge to stay with giants for 2022. I swear. I saw something across the board. It yeah. Did. There was lots of news saying he was back. So, and then <laughs> Wednesday comes around and I'm not sure if it's giants fan who caused the fit, but I, I legit have no idea. I mean, it to me, if you're getting a new GM, you really should fire the coach. You should, because you're going to want your guy to have his own guy, right? At least you save the, you save the GM from having to fire him as his first action, right? Yeah. Other teams have touched on it. The bears fired everybody. Nagy's gone. Their GM's gone. Vikings, Chicago celebrates. Thing. Yeah. Zimmer gone and so on. Uh, Vic Fangio's gone in Denver too. I mean, you can talk like people saying Flores is a good coach. Zimmer and Fangio are great defensive coordinators. They're pr- pretty good coaches, but again, their time was done with the team. Matt Nagy's just bad. Same with Joe Judge. Bad. They're just, they're just bad coaches. They deserve All to be fired. All fall. Court is yeah. not in session. No. Goodbye, Joe Judge. Court anyway. Adjourned. Anything else you want to yeah, court adjourned? Yeah. Uh, any other headline stuff? There's a lot of stuff, eh? Like, I mean, there, there's so much. Um, Holman's going to the Olympics in mixed doubles. Team Duncan's going to Scotty's. Nobody really cares as much about that, but um, they just announced uh, more teams are going to the Scotties now too. They've expanded the field within the last couple hours, so Holman is sending a team. Although Team Holman will be there, but Holman won't be there. So, so is it still Team Holman? I don't. They, I mean, their Twitter is still called Team Holman, so <laughs> they just said they're going to the Scotties now. But I'm. I like, did wait. like well, we you brought this up to me. I did like you. You had mentioned to me earlier today that Holman had asked their team, like, "Hey, is it okay if I go to the Olympics?" And obviously, they said yes. Um, classy yeah, move. She, yeah, she was getting ahead of it because she's like, "I know we're going to the Scotties, so I don't want to let you guys down and be like, 
we're not going to go to the Scotties because of me. I'm going to the Olympics. She wanted to make sure with the team. I mean, if you're a team member and you say no, like that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah. uh, I mean, I said this to you earlier. I'm like, honestly, if I'm Rachel Holman, it's like, uh, Hey guys. Um, so uh, I'm going to the Olympics and, uh, cause I'm Rachel Holman. Goodbye. That, that, that's, that's the conversation. Not that I would do that actually, but like, if they said no, I'd be like, uh, okay, well that's too bad. Goodbye. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you're always lots more time to touch on, uh, Olympic curling as the NFL season winds down and there's less games to touch. I'm excited for the Olympics, dude. Like honestly, winter Olympics are my, that's my favorite summer is okay, but winter is the bomb. There's just so much good stuff. Like it's, I mean, at least it's not swimming every day. That's what I will say about the <laughs> about the winter. Like you could say, well, they're skiing every day. No, 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 no. Swimming is like got to be the worst Olympic sport to watch the, for the, the most ski, part. The skiing disciplines all seem so different where swimming disciplines really don't. I mean, you're still just getting from one end of the pool to the other where you have like moguls, you have the ski cross, you have so many different disciplines that are very different where swimming, I'm like the backstroke and the, um, whatever freestyle that's still going end to end it's arms splashing in the water now i'm not saying that like you know when penny lexiak swimming and they're like you know there's certain oh, races that are they're, they're entertaining they can be but like keep in mind that like for the average viewer that like, you could say you can make an argument yeah well if you're skiing it's the same people doing the same route yeah but there's way more potential for wipeouts there's way more potential for other stuff like this watching swimming is just like splash 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 turn Splash, 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 turn. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just my bias. But overall, Winter Olympics are the bomb. Snowboarding, unreal. Like, I don't know. Bob, Even bobsled, dude. Bobsled's so fun to watch. Like, I, I and people are like, it's, you're just going in a tube. I don't know, dude. They're flying down there. It's so good. I'm so excited. Anyway. Yeah, you get the skeleton or illusion. Every time they go down that track, they're putting their life at risk. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what? Like somebody died. Didn't somebody die in two thousand ten? Yeah, somebody died in, in Canada. In they on a practice one. That's just yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, they they flew out of the rink and hit a like a rail pole. or a post post yeah. pole. That's yeah. quite a way that to go, man. Terrifying. I would not skeletons. No chance. Your mind. Bobsled. At least you're in the sled and like it's kind of protecting you. If you're going face first down, you're just yeah. You have some issues. Dude, that is like, how do you like, and we've talked about this before on this show. How do you get into that? Like, how are you just like, I'm just going to throw my face 160 kilometer an hour down an icy path. Like how, where do you get into that? Yeah. I don't know. You get into bobsled either. No, I know. I, I'm a hundred. I agree. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know. The other part about bobsled is like the guys are just enormous. Like the driver's generally a little bit smaller, but like the back guys are fucking huge. Well, Team Canada had Jesse Lumsden, who played in the CFL for years, end up making the team. So they get it's like awesome. Football guys who have massive legs and can push off in a hurry, and yeah. Anyway, and hockey. We, anyway, NFL time. We should yeah, we should talk about NFL before our listeners get bored. I mean, how can you get bored with us talking? I mean, that's why they listen to us. Uh, it's a Week 18 NFL recap. Over six, over six picks. And we were trying to head it off on a, on a nice little, nice little run. Um, we're going to finish up our picks. Uh, well, we're going to start new picks for the playoffs, but um, it's been a ride, man. It's been an absolute ride. 18 weeks has gone by crazy fast. Um, so we're going to get into it. We're going to see how we did. This is a tough week to do, but I think we had some success. 
Uh, and then, yeah, so we're going to do our uh, our division, our wildcard, super wildcard weekend picks uh, at the end as well. Uh, those are going to run Saturday, Sunday. Cam, let's start off our recap from week 18, our final regular season recap. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think some of these games we can skip right through. They were nothing games. They didn't mean much. There was nothing exciting. Saturday games both really weren't that exciting. KC-Denver, I don't even have anything to say about that game. It was kind of nothing. They got the job done. Dallas-Philly was nothing. I was just shocked Dallas ran their starters all game for no reason against, like, third-string Philly players just to <laughs> run up the score. I like, loved it. Why did you not bench any of your players at all? But uh, So they absolutely destroyed Philly for no other reason other than they're in the division. I like uh, that, son- Sunday, we did have Pittsburgh-Baltimore. That was the messiest game that had playoff implications. It that was. was a horrible game that nobody seemed to want to win, but if they both tied, there was no chance either of them made the playoffs. Uh, Pittsburgh does get it done, though, so uh, we will see them in Super Wild Card Weekend. And they were sitting on the edge of their seats Yeah, on were, Sunday night. We will get to that game because that game we will get to. We got to talk about that game, no doubt. Cincy-Cleveland, same thing, nothing. Nothing exciting to talk about. The Washington football giants. The only exciting thing was a QB sneak in their own half or own 10 yard line <laughs> on, ten on yard. third and nine. <laughs> Chicago yeah. mini, nothing exciting. Mini got the job done. Both teams let go of everybody after the game. Tennessee Houston was kind of, kind of an interesting one. Tennessee really needed the game to get to seal the number one seed. And Houston was pesky all game. And that was kind of the shock today that they let go of their coach after he really did a good job this year. I mean, not he got not Davis, Davis Mills had the same amount of wins as Deshaun Watson. Zero? No, like from the previous year. Oh, okay. Yes. They had the same amount of wins with Davis Mills at quarterback as they did the year prior with Deshaun Watson. So he did a good job, but uh, he was a complete scapegoat. They hired him to fire him, but uh, in his defense, he's getting $22 million for it. So if you want to hire me for a year and I'll be a scapegoat for anybody for $22 million, I'm in. You can trash me on the internet for 22 mil. Yeah, sign me up. I'm in. 22 mil to win, what, they win three games? Four. Four? Three? I feel like they got four. Well, they beat the Jags twice. Yeah, because the Jags suck. (laughs) (laughs) Had to be four. Okay, whatever. Either way, yeah. like I could, I, I think yeah, I feel like I could win four games. Moving into the next game, this one, this one didn't mean anything either. Indy Jacksonville. Oh wait, no, it did, didn't? Oh, it, it did. Oh, it did. I am Why did the Jags my... pick? Sorry, go ahead. I'm not putting my money on Carson Wentz in a must-win spot. Why didn't I see this pressure moment for Carson Wentz? Why did I bet on him? You want to know what I'm choked about? You know what I'm choked about. I <laughs> rode the Jacksonville Jaguars for fucking like 10 weeks in a row. And end of the season, Indy's got a win to get in. I'm like, oh, fuck, they're definitely going to do it. And what happened? The Jacksonville Jaguars fucking showed up. And I'm so mad that the one week that I didn't pick them, they played their best game of the year that is so annoying and the line ended up closing at 14 and a team did cover 14 just the opposite way so it was a 20 i think or no 30 point swing or 29 point swing in the spread 
because Indy was favored by 14 and Jags win by 15. I mean, this is just funny, though. The Jags fans all show up in clown suits to basically protest their GM, basically, and the entire team, and they end up crushing Indy's hopes, winning the game, playing their best game of the year, and, I mean, almost screwing themselves out of the first overall, but Detroit didn't win either, so they keep it, but, yeah, just, yeah. I, Detroit, Detroit won, right? Yeah, we right next move into the next game. Detroit beat Green Bay in a really nothing game. Jordan Love actually showed some signs where last time he didn't. But again, just a complete messy game. Uh, you knew Dan Campbell was going to win that game. A game where Packers weren't going to play everybody all game. Dan Campbell's going to win that. Yeah, take Campbell, it. A lot of the analytics and stuff actually are very favorable to the Detroit Lions team, and uh, they didn't look bad. Moving along, Jets Buffalo. This was an interesting game because this was close all game. And then somehow Buffalo covers 16 and a half, winning 27 to 10. Up until the fourth quarter, there was a chance Buffalo was losing. And then I like looked at it because I stopped paying attention to that game. And they scored two touchdowns. And not only win, cover. Uh, but again. Well, just sh- pretty- just showed that, you know, like Jets surprisingly were pesky all year. Surprisingly. I mean, I, I you got to give Zach Wilson some some props a little bit. Like I, he was bad all year. Like he was bad, but he showed some things. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, I hey, I I hope they're bad because they're in our division. But I don't know, man. Something about that Jets team. If they can get a couple more pieces, like I don't know, they, they, they could top, be good. Two top picks this year, so it'll be interesting. Saints-Falcons, game didn't mean much. I mean, Saints did all they could to set up for a chance if San Fran loses to get in. Kamara had a massive game now that fantasy's over. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yards. That's, yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But really, game didn't mean much for either team. Carolina-Tampa. Tampa wins 41-17. I mean, this just came down to Gronk not getting his incentives early enough and Tom Brady staying in the game the entire time. I no respect it so much. For him to stay in, other than they wanted to get Gronk his million dollars. And as he told, Gronk he put t- it, told Arians too. As Gronk put it, if I didn't get this million dollars, I'd actually have to go do a real job. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to respect Tom though, man. He's He was told to sit and he's like, no, I'm going to go get Gronk his money. Very next play, gets Gronk his money, then he sits. I, I mean, hey, that's his boy. He's got to hook him up with his million bucks. I mean, the yards was already there. He already had 500 grand from the yards, but. One catch? Come on. You had a, like a one-yard catch for 500 grand. You, you you knew. That was a lock, honestly. like It could be a negative catch. Like, let's set up a bubble screen. To yeah, Gronk. man. What? I, I actually I should have looked up what the line was on Gronk over seven. Or oh, seven or a, six and a half. I did a bet builder that was Tampa win Gronk over yards, over receptions, and I, I made pretty good money on it. Yeah. I, I mean, to happen. me, those two stats, yeah, those are the easiest stats ever. Moving along, San Fran, L.A. This was actually a pretty good game. L.A. looked like they were going to need the win to get the division. San Fran needed the win to get in the playoffs. And this went to overtime, and this was a tight game. Matt Stafford just throwing a pick in overtime. This guy's just been all over the place. He's been so inconsistent. Some drives you're like, oh, man, Stafford, what a pass to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup gets it done. Then the next play, you're like, who is he arm punting this to? Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting that. once we get to this next game that I don't know where to go with it. But uh, San Fran's just 
pesky. They play such a fundamental game. They can run it down your throats with all their different styles. I mean, their uh, offensive coordinator or one of their coaches there is now one of the front runners for the Miami job, and he's just interesting. He's super smart, really analytical, and interesting guy to hear talk about the game. So San Fran's got a system going on, so we'll see if they can get pesky in the playoffs. Uh, We'll get to that soon. Yeah, I got some takes here, but I'll save it for the picks. Seattle, Arizona, not really much to talk about. Arizona needed to win and an L.A. loss to get in. Russ just cooked down the stretch, 38-30. Sunday nighter, though. What a game. What a game, dude. I stayed up the whole game. I didn't have any money on the tie. A lot of people, by the way, had money on Jags win and Raiders Chargers tie. And it was so close. Probably should have tied, honestly. Probably should have. Yeah, so all this talk that they weren't, if it wasn't for the timeout, they weren't going to kick the field goal is sort of wrong. They were third and four. If they didn't get that four yards, they would have been fine to run it out. Once they got the 10-yard run, though, they were kicking the field goal. So there's kind of a misconception around that a little bit where it kind of did change their mindset because they could set up their best or a better running play to what they think could get yards because they weren't passing it anymore. There was zero no. way they were going to attempt no to pass chance. the football. So if they could have got stopped on that third down, they would have just let the clock play out because of the time and taken the tie because both teams are in the playoffs. But as soon as they got the 10 yards, they're kicking the field goal because that's now close enough where you're not worried about it getting returned or anything. There's still a chance for a block, but you're not worried about a return on it. So there's a little misconception there. But again, just Brandon Staley, I just analytics are so good, but he takes them too far. Like how many fourth downs do they need to go for? Like, and I know Justin Herbert's getting lots of love here for his fourth down throws, which were amazing. He was phenomenal on fourth downs. Yep. Part of my only issue is this. Why were you not better on first and second? I totally agree, dude. Like, yeah, you were absolutely phenomenal on fourth down. Like that was one of the best. His fourth down percentage, and if you just look at the fourth down tape, you're like, wow, that was unbelievable, impressive QB performance. So clutch. You had three downs before that multiple times. That's the crazy part. Anything done. I don't understand. Like, like along those lines, like watching that game, it was like 13-yard, 15-yard throw on first, denied. 20-yard throw on second, denied. Two-yard throw on third. And then you're like, okay, well, it's fourth and eight now. Like, I don't get it. I don't know why they didn't use, like, why were you not dumping it off four yards? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why were you not running more screens? Why were you not, like, I I just, and I get part of it is, is, well, you want a big yards, you know, the clock, blah, blah. But still, like, you got to get some yards. The fact that they had to throw, like, fourth and 11, fourth and eight, fourth and nine, fourth and seven, fourth and ten. Like, that's too far. The probability of success from that amount of yards is not that high, and his completion percentage in plays was unbelievable. I'll give him that, but man, I totally agree with you. I was like looking at this, I'm like, man, they had so many opportunities to not have, like, to not put themselves in that position. They got the job done at the end of the day and got the tie, but they didn't win. Like, I just, I don't know. I yeah. it, losing that losing that game cost them the playoff spot. All they needed was the tie, and I just think Staley coached himself out of another win. He's done this multiple times this year, where he's just coached himself out of wins. And all this analytics and stuff, it's great. And there needs to be a really good analytics, a part of the sport. It's a part of every sport now. It's massive, and it's important. But at certain points in games, you just have to look at it 
and be like, no, like, have I watched this game? Like the analytics aren't going to work here. You've been a part of this sport. Like, I mean, this was still like one of the most incredible games I've ever seen and everything in it. It was amazing on a Sunday nighter. Like this turned out perfect. And all the, like everybody who had the tie, all the, everything around that you had Steelers fans just basically sitting on the edge of their seat and over one guy in the stands. Did you see praying. that? Yeah. <laughs> the Steelers fan, like everything around this game was just phenomenal. This was the product that the NFL did want on the Sunday night and it ended up perfect for them. So good Conveniently way to finish the regular perfect. season. Conveniently perfect. Yeah. The Raiders winning and not the chargers or the tie definitely helped out. Pretty sus pretty i mean honestly though like i it's you could tell watching that game that it was like that's not scripted like if if it would have been you know if it would have been like knees all game and then all of a sudden they get a big run and kick a field goal at the end i'd be super suspicious no doubt but that at least you could say like guys were working their ass off all game like it was it was it, it actually went from possibly being the most boring game of the year to arguably one of the best games of the year and uh, not choked up. The Chargers lost, you know, same record as Miami Dolphins. So they can suck it. Yeah. So if we just look back on the entire year, Burke, it wasn't good in our first attempt to uh, pick every game against the spread. Well, how do we do this week? Great week. You went 13 and five. Perfect on your lock. I was 11 or yeah, 13, three. Yeah. I was 11 and five. Didn't hit my lock. But it was a good well, week overall for the boys. Yeah, no, I don't hit locks. Don't bet the locks. As <laughs> soon as I bet India is my lock, you're like, Jags are winning. You should have just known that. <laughs> I, I should change my pick. Damn it. But, uh, yeah, not a great year overall. Both just sat around 50% overall. Uh, but again, bad. If, any, if anyone wants to sit here and chirp us, I don't see you picking every game against the spread. Yeah. I mean, some guys do. So if Sean and Ryan want to come and make fun of us, they probably That's have fine. the right to. I mean, they've been but doing uh, it for 15, se- whatever, 15 seasons. So I'd expect them to be better than us, but 50 Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. I was one, one of the teams if, not bad. If, if I got one game, more game right, I would have finished 50%. What'd I finish at? You needed four more games. Fuck. Still so. That's really close. Like that's if you, that, if you do that over eighteen weeks every single game, that's pretty close. Man, that's like okay. I say four games, four games. How many games was I robbed of this year? At least four. Yeah, but you could probably got some silly ones that you probably should. Yeah, that's probably them. true. So probably even know. Either way, out over either weeks. way, the fact that I missed fifty percent by four games, and I had a week where I was like three and thirteen. Yeah, so you had a couple horrible weeks. Like I'm just saying. I think that we're better than 50%. Next season, I'm really excited. It was a horrible gambling year, though. I am going to say that. Horrible. This is the worst gambling year I've had since I started gambling on the NFL. If it wasn't for bet builders or same game parlays or whatever the site you use, I would have had a terrible year. But those things saved me a ton of money, made me a ton of money down the stretch, and I really appreciated it. We, we're going to have to, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll do next. Uh, maybe that's what we'll do. Kind of moving forward. I don't have a bed builder for the playoffs, like for this weekend, but maybe maybe next week. Maybe next week uh, we'll do a divisional round. We'll try and get a via yeah. couple bet builders that we're feeling and uh, give you some props. I like but, that. Uh, are we ready for Super Wild Card Weekend? Bert? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So excited! Kick it off. Saturday first game, four thirty Eastern. We have the Las Vegas Raiders heading to Cincy. Cincy is favored by six. Wow. Do you want to start or you want me to start? I'm nervous. Yeah, this game, 
I mean, this is this has to be the Raiders have to run out of momentum again, but since John Madden passed away, there's just something about this Raiders team. They just keep on the momentum. This is this game comes down to Max Crosby. If it's like the Bengals O line isn't good still. Max Crosby's been phenomenal this year. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe showed signs. Their secondary is not great, but if they can get pressure on Joe Burrow, there's a chance. So the two big guys to watch for me this game are Joe Mixon and Max Crosby. If Joe Mixon can get a game, good game going early and being able to run it, the Bengals are going to run away with this. If he can't and Max Crosby can get to Burrow, the Raiders are going to be pesky because I don't think Cincy's secondary is that good. And Derek Carr can throw the ball downfield. Waller's back, so that's going to just open up the field for Hunter Renfro. Zay Jones looks kind of dangerous at times. So I just think this could be interesting. I'm just thinking the Raiders are running out of steam here. But, man, this is... I think this is going to be a better game than I would have thought three weeks ago with these teams. No, I, I 100% agree with that. I, I just, the, the thing that concerns me a little bit, I'm taking Raiders plus six, by the way. But I, I, the thing that con- that concerns me just about the Bengals is, is, like, you look at what happened, like, week 14, 15, 16, Jamar Chase was not, did nothing. Like, he was the runaway rookie of the year, in my opinion. I mean, people will say Mac Jones, which is stupid. He's probably going to win it, which that just drives me nuts. Different conversation. But maybe not. I don't know. I feel like Jamar Chase should be the guy. But Yeah, his last two weeks, I think Jamar Chase took it with how ridiculous he sh- his last Which he should have. But, but, but 16, 15, 14, he didn't do anything. Right? So no. uh, my only concern with the Bengals, really, is, is okay, so you got Mixon, you've got uh, Jamar Chase, and you've got Higgins. Okay, so Higgins also had a really, I think he had an unbelievable week in week uh, 16 as well. He's, just when, been, he's been solid all year. He still leads the team in receptions. Like, like he's, he's good. Like, kinda, yeah, he's yeah. not as flashy as Jamar Chase, maybe, but I, I just, I look at this and they're still a young team, right? And like, we, if you look at our predictions at the start of the year, I personally did not have the Bengals at where they're at. I didn't. Any, any sharp or any smart money had the Bengals on the under and basically finishing at the bottom of the division. They proved everyone wrong. They were a good team and their offense showed up. Their defense was average and their offensive line was not very good, but it didn't need to be when they're, they could just throw it. And Joe Mixon is a big difference. If you have a good running game, it masks your offensive line because teams have to play for the run as well. It's a great point. And I just, I just think I look at this and I think a young team, you know, your first crack in the playoffs, the Raiders aren't, you know, they, they're not, they, they, they've kind of been here before in a sense. They've, they've played some big games. I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan, but I just have this gut feel that this game's just going to come down to a McPherson field goal to end the game. And like, I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be like a one point game. So, you know, if this, if this line was say two and a half, I probably take the Bengals. Yeah. I'm but... going to go Bengals minus six still. Oh, here. really? I think, I think the Raiders have just ran out of steam here and I don't mm. think they can keep it up. I think there's going to be a letdown spot and I think it's just going to be playoffs here. I think they're just running out of energy. They've had a great couple of weeks. They played five quarters last week and it was, they looked like they were running out of energy there. And now they're the early game on the Saturday. That's kind of how it is, especially when since he played nobody. Is there going to be rust on them? Maybe, but I'm just thinking the rest is better than playing five quarters on Sunday night before a Saturday afternoon game. Are you allowed to have letdown spots in the playoffs? No, but I just think everything that's gone on this year, they're going to at some point. It's not maybe. It's a, it's not like it's a trap game. It's just going to be a letdown where they've just ran out of energy, ran out of momentum. 
I mean, losing in the first round of the playoffs is always a letdown. I should know. Um, <laughs> Moving so, to the eight fifteen game, we got the New England Patriots heading to Buffalo. Buffalo favored by three and a half. Game's going to be cold. They're saying a high of zero minus one. Mac Jones will have a Celsius or out. Fahrenheit. Celsius. Oh, that's not that bad. That's pretty cold for uh, Mac Jones in his scuba suit. The big thing <laughs> difference in this game is there's going to be no wind, so it won't impact Josh Allen as much, but it's going to be cold. Mac Jones has been pretty imminent that he doesn't like the cold. I watched this Patriots team again last week. I don't think they're very good. I think they're a really good structured team, and they're never going to get blown out by a ton, but against a better team, they're going to lose. I'm all over the Bills here. Bills three and a half. Like This is my favorite spot of the weekend i think this is the game i feel the most confident about i don't think new england can get it done i think buffalo is going to adjust to be able to stop them from running the ball this time and they're going to force mac to throw it and if mac has to throw it the game's over yeah goodbye i mean i'm on the same page as you there's a couple of reasons too i mean we know the bills are a better team it's it's a fact like they, they, they are so you know i <laughs> yes it's cold scuba mac Max Scuba uh, doesn't like doesn't like that cold weather, but I look at it from this angle, man. The Bills get a chance to send Bill Belichick and his rookie QB home in the playoffs and their division rivals. And you're telling me the Bills are gonna not cover three and a half? Are you out of your mind? Not you, but like in general, they're they're gonna cover. Because this is a great spot for them, man. Not only are they the better team, but you get to Bill Belichick has terrorized the AFC East for years. And the Bills have not had chances like this. If the Bills lose to the Patriots, like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. I seriously don't. Like, I will have a lot of doubt about this Bills team. And I like there's no way that you can say to me, if they lose the Patriots this weekend, you cannot say to me, oh, the Bills are. You know, they still have a bright future. No, absolutely not. You cannot lose this game. They will not lose this game. They're going to win by more than three and a half points. Give me the Bills all day. If the Bills lose this game, the AFC East is the most open division next year, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Moving into Sunday, 1 p.m., we have Philly heading to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is an eight-point favorite in Wild Card Weekend. It's a really scary line. Yeah, to me, like, first instinct, this is way too many points to give this Philly team. Although, I think this Philly team is not very good. I agree. I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. Like, I can run. He reminds me of Lamar Jackson as a rookie. Can run like crazy, but if he's forced to throw the ball, he's kind of meh. This is too many points, in my opinion. But I've also been burned way too many times by betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. So, simply for the fact that I don't think – I think Philly is a little fraudulent – and I don't want to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'm going to go Tampa minus eight. I'll take the opposite. I think the 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 the, the Bucks should be heavily favored here, no doubt about it. But I don't know. I just I just have this like weird gut feel that for some reason Philly, like when Philly's in the playoffs, they just they just play well, and they've surprised. Like I I I thought they were going to be five and twelve. And they weren't. And they won games. And I kept saying week after week after week, oh, man, like these guys are like they're not going to win. And then they, they, what did they do? They kept winning. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just as likely. I think 
I, I do think there's a case to be made for, for Philly to do it. I mean, their run game, I absolutely think their run game can expose the Bucs. And, and we all know you, you really, you know, the Bucs are good against the good against the run, bad against the throw. Um, perhaps Jalen Hurts. I mean, we <laughs> Jalen Hurts is not a great throwing quarterback, but I don't know. I just, I just have this gut feel that they're just going to run it. And every once in a while, they're going to throw in a sneaky little play, whether it's, <coughs> excuse me, a little pitch on the outside, something over the middle. They're just going to be able to get the job done. Eight and a half points. Give me the, give me the dogs. I guess. I don't know. I just, I can't explain the gut feel. Yeah, I mean, I again, it seems like too many points to me, but I just burn burned way too many times by betting against Tom Brady, so I'd rather get burned betting on him. 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, San Francisco 49ers head to Dallas. Dallas, three-point favorites. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you can go. I've been really curious about... Oh, I, actually, sorry, not curious. I really want to talk about this. Debo Samuel is a... And as an absolute stud who had a running touchdown last week, had a throwing touchdown last week, I believe it was, or the week before. Can't remember exactly. This guy's an absolute stud. Garoppolo is going to be back. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Trey Lance and all that team did not like he's OK. They didn't have the same connection. Jimmy G, again, not a huge clutch quarterback in general. Uh, but, hey, I think that with this team, like they're going to keep it really simple. Debo is going to be used heavily and i just don't feel good about this cowboys team i mean you look at they covered all year they they did they they that's all they did they covered but the eye test will tell you they, they that they didn't look good and this offense has not looked that i mean they looked okay because they played some bad teams but and they've run up scores i mean like week 18 that's got to get thrown out the window game against washington football team however long ago that game's not i mean washington didn't do anything about that game Anytime these guys have played some real competition, they just seem to fold under the pressure. I get that, you know, like, uh, you know, their, de- their defense absolutely can have can have an absolutely huge game here. But I don't know. I just, you know, and maybe I'll kick myself for not taking the Cowboys who like to cover all year. I just don't like this spot for them. And I have slept on San Francisco all year. I will admit that straight up. I, I thought at the start of the year they weren't going to be good. I didn't even remember talking about them until the middle of the season, frankly. Uh, but now I'm I'm different. Now now I'm 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 on the I'm on the Niners. Yeah, I'm on the Niners here as well. I think the big matchup to watch is Debo Samuel versus Micah Parsons. That's the big matchup. If uh, Debo can get in space against Trayvon Diggs, it's over. Trayvon Diggs, yeah, he leads the league in interceptions. He's also given up the most yards, the most yards after catch, and he's not a great tackler. So if he doesn't pick the ball, he does terribly. Jimmy G's usually pretty smart with the ball, so he's not going to turn it over a ton, not going to have any big-time throws. But when you have Debo, you have Kittle, it doesn't matter who they have at running back. They get the job done and find ways of doing it. I just think they're a better team. I don't trust this Dallas offense. If this front four can get ahead for San Fran, like they have Bosa, he's going to get some pressure. They're going to be good. I'm all over San Fran here. I actually like them winning this week. Not only just plus three. I like them actually coming away with a win here. And Live dog. I just think we're looking at, like we said early in the year, bet the better division. Yeah, this no, the I, better division. Three yep. teams made the playoffs out of this division. I mean, I guess two made it from the NFC East. So what divisions are really bad? <laughs> a couple other ones. But uh, I just think San Fran's a better team than Dallas. And I think 
it's going to come out in the playoffs. I don't think Dak's going to get the job done. I just, he hasn't been good. But tell me when he's like, I guess my argument, my other side of this argument would be, or in addition to my argument would be like, tell me when Dak's been that clutch. Like, I just don't, I don't know an example. No, I'm just, I'm not high on Zeke. I'm not high on Dak. I don't know what else is going on with the wide receivers, but their offense just isn't good enough anymore. It was beginning of the year. We thought it was going to be this crazy offense again, but it's not. So I'm on San Fran. You're on San Fran. I think there's a good chance of an upset here. I like it. Some good consensus. 8.15 p.m. Eastern. We have the surprising Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs heading to Arrowhead, Kansas City. (laughs) KC favored by 13 points. Big Ben is already saying, well, it's fun to have this again, but we have no chance. And... They don't. I don't think. I don't don't think anybody thinks they have a chance at winning the game. The bigger question is though, can they cover 13 points? Yes. Yes, they can. Are they they're going to cover? Like they're they're going to cover. There's I, I don't have a doubt. To me this game is either going to be like 17-10 for KC and Mahomes is going to kind of do what he's done all year and not be great offensively, but their defense is going to be good, especially against an offense that is horrible. Or this game is going to be like 50 to 10 and Casey's just going to run all over Pittsburgh and absolutely run it up. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I, this game is. Just, it, okay, here's what like, I'll say. Here's what I'll say. TJ Watts, an absolute monster. Okay. This guy's going to have himself a game. Do you remember when I think this was three years ago? I just saw a clip of on it on Twitter. The Texans were up like 24-0 on the Chiefs. Remember that? Yeah. And I bet the Chiefs and the, and and I bet them to just win, I think it was. or I put big money on it. And they were down 24 nothing in like the first quarter or like early in the second quarter. I was like, holy fuck. And it was just – I was freaking out. And the Chiefs came back and won that game by a lot. Like they, uh, the Texans didn't score a point the rest of the game. Um, I, I – I don't foresee that happening because I just think this Pittsburgh team is just like their, their offense is not that good. It, it, it just isn't. I mean, they got some weapons. I mean, if you look at big Ben week uh, 17, I mean, he had like 56 attempts and he was 26 for 50, like something stupid, 26 for 48, something like that. It was awful, but their defense is so good. Like they actually, and you you've been pitching this since the start. You you've you've almost on a, on a weekly basis been saying, man, this pit D, this pit D, this pit D, and I, I haven't I faded them, but man, they've actually looked pretty good. So Big Ben's last game, it is going to be their last game. The Chiefs are going to win. I do not like third. Is it thirteen or thirteen and a half? It doesn't matter. 13. <laughs> thirteen points in a playoff game is too much. I just don't like it. I don't. I, I think that Pittsburgh and their defense will adjust. I'm not convinced that offensively they're going to have that much success considering the Chiefs' defense has been much, 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 much better since their first six, seven games of the year. But there's just something about this Pitt team and the way that this season's gone, I think it's just going to be some sort of sneaky cover, whether it's a backdoor cover. Like, let's just say the Chiefs are up by, I don't know, 17 points and, the and you know, somehow – you know, pick gets a field or a touchdown at the end of the game. They lose by 10. They cover. I think it's going to be something like that possibly. So uh, give me Pitt my our plus 13. Yeah. I'm going to take Casey here again. Like I said, I feel it's going to be one of two ways. So I'm just going to go with the blood. Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes, they haven't had as good a season they want. So they're going to run it up in the playoffs. I know Mike Tomlin's a really good coach, 
but Andy Reid is too. I think they're going to find a way of getting it done, and I have a tough time betting against them in the playoffs. This is what their entire season's been for. It wasn't the regular season and the up and downs, the roller coaster ride it was. It was for the playoffs. Kansas City was always going to make the playoffs. I know it looked horrible through like five weeks or whatever. They were always going to make the playoffs. This is why they're here. They're going to get the job done, and I feel pretty good about it. Sad to see Big Ben go, and I mean, the Tomlin line is true and alive, but uh, playoffs is different. So this is going to be a retirement party at Arrowhead for Big Ben. Ooh, the dagger, the tombstone. There you go. Yeah, so moving to the Monday nighter, we have 8.15 p.m. Eastern, Arizona, heading to SoFi to take on the L.A. Rams. This is a crazy game, man. Favored by four points here. So here's here's the question. Coaching, who do you give the edge to? I really don't know. <laughs> consistent quarterbacks, who do you give the edge to? <laughs> Still don't know. Neither's consistent. Defense consistency, who do you give the edge to? Nope. Nope. Neither team. Where's the edge? Uh, how do you be a sharp in this situation? That's what I want to know. I like I, it, there's like there's zero angles to look at. I have an angle. I just don't know. Like my angle is going to be. I think that Matt Stafford is less clutch than Kyler Murray is. And when I say less clutch, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray's super clutch, but like I just look and say Kyler Murray can move his legs. He can throw the ball. He's won games on his you know whatever 60 yard touchdown throws to the end zone versus the Bills last year. And yeah, I mean, a great example last week, overtime game, Stafford can't get it done, throws a pick. To me, don't like that omen, man. And he's done that all year in clutch situations. He throws a pick and I, it's just, it's just bad. And this Rams team has been super disappointing defensively considering what they've done and who they've brought into that lineup, Aaron Donald, um, Von Miller. Jalen Ramsey, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best defense in the league, and they haven't been by any means at all that good. So I mean, Aaron Donald's still oh, I, ridiculous. I mean, his yeah. stats are still ridiculous. Aaron Donald's still a stud. The biggest like, disappointment has been Vaughn Miller. He's been horrible since coming over. He's almost getting no pressure. He's not really. He's old. Stuff. He's older, but he's still not like he shouldn't be at the end of his career. He should still have a year or two left. And he was fine in Denver before he got traded. Like he was, he's just been bad. Big axe factor, I'm going to say, in this game is going to be Cam Akers. The Rams have had issues running the ball. Everything about their game plan goes from running the ball. Daryl Henderson's been injured. Sonny Michelle's kind of done. There's not that much left with him, so I don't really know. I think Cam Akers is an X factor here. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a bit, and they're going to get the job done here. I'm going to go on the Rams here. If Sean McVay can win playoff games on the road with Jared Goff, I think he's going to scheme up something well enough with Matt Stafford to just basically keep it simple. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do the hero plays. He's one of the best quarterbacks at these intermediate throws. He's not great at deep throws. You have Cooper Cup. Get it to him in the intermediate, and he'll get the job done. Get it to Cam Akers. Like, let's figure out. Daryl Henderson can basically be more of a receiving back if he's in. If not, Sonny Michelle can be that. I just think Sean McVay is going to be able to scheme up something better than Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. This Arizona team dropped way off in the second half of the season. And the Rams have just kind of been consistently pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. 
where the Cardinals have just dropped off a cliff, and that's even with Kyler back. So to me, I'm on the Rams here, and I'm on Sean McVay. I um, well, I think you've actually convinced me to go Rams here, and I think the one, you know, the the one thing that as you were saying that I was thinking about was looking at the last five weeks, how many times I bet on the Cardinals to cover, and they just absolutely laid an egg. And I mean, the, the, the you know the, the Rams kind of did as well, but like who looked worse? And this is what I'm kind of looking at. Like it's it's when you have all of these things that offset, you know, coaching, consistency on defense, all this kind of stuff. You look and say, what does the eye test tell you? Well, who looked at, who looked worse? Well, in my opinion, I think the Cards looked worse. I mean, to me, they really reminded me of when when Pittsburgh went on there last year. They went they won they went eleven and zero. And then they lost like six in a row down the stretch or whatever, five in a row down the stretch. And then they got dusted in the playoffs. That's what I feel like the, the Cardinals are going to do. So give me the Rams as well. I'll go with that. So we're we locking up a game for wild card weekend, Burke. Mm. I think so. Who gets to go first though? Cause I know which one I want to take. We can't take the same one. You can go first. I'll let it happen. Are you sure? Yeah. I know where Kay. you're going, but I'll let it happen. Of course you do. Give me the bills. Give me the bills. Minus three and a half over the New England Patriots all day. Lock it up. This line makes no sense. I absolutely could be next week eating absolute crow talking about this game. But let's be honest. It's Mac Jones versus Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he knows what he's going to do. He knows what he has to do. He can get this job done. He's been here before. They made the AFC Championship last year. Let's go Bills. Yeah, I mean, that was the easy one. That was the easiest lock of the oh, I'm taking the layup. I don't care. I'm taking the layup. So after I talked about it all, I think i got to go San Fran plus three here as my lock. Playoff locks are going to be different. We're not going to fade my playoff locks because my playoff locks are going to be correct. Yes. It's a new season. The playoffs are a new season. We're here. We're going to get the job done. San Fran plus three. I just think they got a really good chance at winning this game. So you're going to give them three points with them. I'm going to take that all day long. I think that's the second best option. I do. I think it. I mean, Bills, obviously, I think it's the first. And that's, I think, the second best option. Do you want, so how do you want to do this? So are we just, I know last year we kind of right off the hop, we picked our, um, we, we picked the progression through the playoffs. Did you want to do that this year or did you want to just pick it week by week? I think we just go week to week. I just want to hear your early Super Bowl prediction. Just the Super Bowl. Who you okay. think is going to get out of each side? Do I have to pick a winner or just the matchup? I'll leave that up to you. Matchup, and then if you choose to pick a winner. Okay, so, all right. So I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs out of the AFC. Uh, to me, I, I just, it, it's the most obvious one, but I also think, like, pedigree and experience in the playoffs just goes so far. I would not be shocked if it was, like, I, I don't actually know the layout. If the Bills win and the Chiefs win, they don't play in the divisional round, do they? I or is it reseeded? It, it, it's, I think it reseeds, if I'm correct. I, I don't think that they'll play. I mean, if, if they do play, I got I mean, I still think the Chiefs are going to win that game, but it would make it a lot more difficult. Um, if, but, if all favorites win, Chiefs and Bills will play. Oh, fuck. And it'll be Bengals-Titans. Oh, fuck. That's brutal. Okay, I'm not – okay, let me just go through this really quick. I'm not on Tennessee. I get the, they're going to get Derrick Henry back, but I just, I don't know. I just don't like Tennessee. 
Buffalo Chiefs, man, if I, if I, I just I don't know about the Chiefs versus Buffalo. Like, Buffalo's going to be out for vengeance if they win. Um, f- man, now I'm in a tough spot. Since, so I think since he's going to beat Tennessee, Buffalo's going to – All right, I'm going to go bold. Give me the Buffalo Bills coming out of the AFC. Because I think if the if Buffalo has to play KC, I think like this is one of those games where like the Chiefs are obviously a more talented team. They've been there before. They beat the Bills last year, and I think the Bills got something to prove, man. I think I got the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I think they're gonna do it again. Now, out of the NFC, you're gonna get the Green Bay Packers coming out of the NFC, and they are going to break the NFC Championship curse this year. I, I, I believe it. I think Aaron Rodgers has, of all the chips that you could possibly have in your shoulder, with the Vax news, with the broken toe, with the, you know, the boycott Super Bowl rumor, I think Aaron Rodgers is just out here to say, fuck you. That's what he wants to do. Um, I think it's his, probably his last year in Green Bay. I said that last year. This year, I legit think it is his last year in Green Bay, and I think he wants to end it with a bang. I have the Packers coming out of the NFC, and I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. I think the Packers, if they play the Bills, will win the Super Bowl. Because, let's be honest here, the Bills' Super Bowl history is dick. It's awful. They don't win Super Bowls. They just don't. This is a team that lost three in a row. Or is it four in a row? I forget. But they lost three or four in a row. Like, they don't win Super Bowls. It's Buffalo. It's like the Leafs. We don't win anything. We don't win first rounds. We don't win cups. We don't win any of that. Bills are the exact same. Disappointment again for Bills fans. Aaron Rodgers gets a chip in Green Bay to basically hit a walk-off of his career. And, uh, I mean, maybe it's my bias because that's what I want to see, but that's what I got. Yeah, I'm all over the Packers out of the NFC as well. I just think going through Lambeau is such a different story. I know, like, I see the Bucs kind of getting there, and I know Tom Brady has no issue with the cold. I just think they're set up to get through that step this year and being at Lambeau field is just such a massive thing. So the Packers coming out of the NFC, I'm going chiefs. I think last year they were close. Their O line just gave up and couldn't get the job done. I think they fixed that problem. Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, the regular season meant nothing to those two. It's super bowls and they don't care. So they're going to find a way of scheming through this AFC. I don't care about the bills. All those things you said, that makes me more confident about the chiefs. Chiefs are more skilled. I think they're better coached. Fair. It's going to go through Arrowhead, I believe, if they get there. So all those things, I'm going to be over them, over the Bills. Tennessee Bengals, those aren't keeping up with whoever wins that game anyways. So I got Chiefs. I got Packers in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs are going to get it done. I just – maybe it's just my vengeance. I don't like chalky as a person. Chalky. It's, you know, it's for sure going to be chalky. But I just really like the Chiefs getting it done this year. I think last year they got burned by the O-line, and this year they're just going to find a way of getting it done. And the Chiefs are my Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to get it done this year. You don't think that uh, interception Mahomes is going to make an appearance this playoffs? No, he's got the job done before. I think he's going to find a way of getting the job done again. I just think he's one of those guys who, again, regular season doesn't matter to him. It's the playoffs. They've got to the playoffs now. They're going to get a job done. I like it. All right. Well, next week we're going to we're going to do like a I think I think after I'm not sure if like after the playoffs are done, but like at some point we have to do kind of like a 
a 2021 NFL season recap. We'll have to we'll have to figure out how to Pro Bowl week. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll do. Actually, yeah, it's a good idea. Pro Bowl. I know yeah. we'll have I know we'll have a big Super Bowl preview, but Pro yeah, Bowl for week sure. will be a, it it'll give us enough time and thought to get it done. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, Pro Bowl week, or sorry, uh, Super Bowl week is like props and like that's that shows not we are not talking anything but Super Bowl Super Bowl week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pro Bowl week, yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah, right we'll after just... the conference championships. Yeah. What else are we going to talk about football wise? We'll have time to check on everything by then. Yep. And we never know. I mean, Miami might have a head coach hired by then. You might have head coaches hired in other places like, uh, and you, and you should have draft, you know, draft positions figured out too. So, um, maybe we'll do a little bit of draft talks and pr- some way too early draft talk, which has already been happening in our group chat. Shout out. Um, I mean, you guys are wild people talking about draft and like our teams just got eliminated last week. So there's 18, Uh, 18 drafts positions set in stone now. So we know where those 18 picks are. It's just, who's going to go, man. NFL never ends. That's what I'll say. Uh, And then, Hey, after this, then we're, I think we're getting right back into hockey again. I think while we're going to have hockey, we're going to have Olympics. It's going to be, uh, (sighs) We're gonna have a lot of stuff. I mean, this is this is why again, like, so happy to be doing this again this year. Got a lot of stuff to to do, and I think we're kind of transitioning back to our one show a week. So, um, couldn't keep up during the NFL regular season. There's no way that we could have done one show. But calm down a little bit now. Back to our one show kind of programming. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to Super Wild Card Weekend. It's my favorite weekend to watch Zach stress about all the money. Oh he's man. It's my favorite Man. thing. I actually like legitimately I've been waiting for this weekend. I've been a little cautious on some bets mainly because I'm like, I got screwed kind of all year. Like I look back, you know, 2020, 2019, like 2020 was my best gambling year ever. I cleared a ton of units. 2019, I cleared units, but not a ton. This year I was down a ton of units. It was not good. And like, I still followed my picks, but the problem was if I would have bet my picks on the spread, uh, and hit 50%, I would have lost money still because, I, you know, you take favorites and you take other stuff, right? Like minus 110s and plus ones. I still would have lost money, I think. Um, but also, I put them in parlays and that didn't work out. That was that was just a disaster. I didn't have one big win this year in football. Not not one. The, 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 the most amount that I hit was like a plus. So I had a plus... Uh, 2100 first touchdown courtesy of sports gambling podcast shadow uh and i hit a plus 600 three game parlay that's it that's all i hit all year that's brutal yeah it's not great not a great year no that's awful and like it just it was such a weird year of like you know not not and like i'm actually okay with it like the fact that there's parity in the league it actually like look at the lions cam like all year how many times is there like minus like, I feel like 2020, there was like minus 1200, minus 900, minus 800 lines, and they were all hit all the time automatically. And then this year, not only were they less, like they were like minus 600, minus 500, uh, they didn't hit all the time. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was a struggle. But Wildcard Weekend, I mean, I'm all in. You know, I'm betting on every single game this weekend. There's no doubt. I'm going to do. I'll do a, a I'll, cause there's one, two, three, four, there's six games. I'll do a six team parlay. I'm going to do a Saturday parlay. I'm going to do a Sunday parlay, probably an individual game on Monday night. I'm, I'm all in this weekend. It's going to be fun. 
Yeah, it'll be just so funny to watch you at like the 8 o'clock game each day just stressing about all the money you're about to lose. Hey, I win money during the playoffs. Do, 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 we, do I need to remind you of how much money that I made betting on the Bucks last year? Yeah, do we need to talk about a few years ago? <laughs> Which time? I don't know. Too many <laughs> times. I don't want to talk about my Blair Walsh kick. That was that was the worst. Anyway, uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Over Six Sports, uh, at Zachberg Over Six, and at C Charlton Turf. And uh, we're gonna be back next week after Super Car- Super Wild Card Weekend. Chat about the games. Chat about whatever else has happened. Um, might throw out some props this week at uh, at Over Six Sports. I think that's we're gonna try to do that. We've said that a couple times, but I think we're actually gonna hopefully throw out a couple this. Uh, this weekend, thanks for following us along uh, during the uh, the 2021 NFL season. Stick it with our picks all week. We pretty much would have broke you even at the end of the year, so at least we didn't lose you money. Uh, that's a positive. Uh, and for the Over Six Sports Podcast, I'm Zach Vandenberg. And with me as always, the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you next week.